Alexander Snitker, libertarian, Republican, and political hack, and Adrian Wiley, born-again anarchist and political has-been. Banter, blather, and joke about current events while attempting to figure out whether to keep trying to salvage our constitutional republic or just stock up on marshmallows to roast on the smoldering embers of society. It's time for Unattended Baggage. Thank you, Ledge. Hello, everyone in Podcast Villa or in Atlanta, wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host, Unattended Baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adrian, Chairman of the Building Materials <laughs> Chairman of the Building Materials and Textiles Aging Logistics Committee, the Western Florida Guild of Professional Anarchist Local Tractor 151, Wiley. How are you doing, sir? Well, uh, other than that horrible diction uh, today, uh, I'm doing uh, actually excellent. You, you, you know, it feels like you're in a very zen place today. I right? am. I am. Yeah. And even considering my mess ups this morning. You are still in yeah. a good spot, man. Yeah, and uh, I, I get here this morning at uh, you know ten thirty our, our, our regular designated time. time, and you know five the time I had agreed to. By the way, yes, or you the had. day before um, five minutes go by, ten minutes go by. No, Alex, I so I call him up and he's like, "Oh man, they didn't wake me up," <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't care. So I went to McDonald's and got myself a uh, you know a little senior breakfast. coffee. No, no. Um, but, uh, you know, it's funny. It was uh, like uh, 1045, 1050, something like that, you know. So they yeah. stopped serving breakfast. And basically, McDonald's, the only thing McDonald's is good for, for the most part, is breakfast. Yeah. You know. Um, and uh, so fortunately, I always, when I go in late, I ask, hey, you got any breakfast sandwiches left laying around? Yeah. And they had uh, two um, bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles. Or diabetes burgers, as I like to call them. Yeah, because that's what Oh, doing. my God, those things. You know, they're, they're so good, but it's just like eating them. You feel like, you feel like you're just damaging yourself. <laughs> you know? You feel like uh, I, I'm doing irreparable harm. I'm probably taking six months off my life by eating these things because and they there's just... there's another party that doesn't even care, though? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. It's, it's, it's basically like, oh, it's 90% so of me didn't care. Yeah. It's like good. So. Probably dip in, you probably dip it in syrup. No, I didn't go that far. Didn't go that far. You sure? So, yeah, and I had a Diet Coke with it, so, you know. It well, kinda, then it evened out. It evened out. It evened know, out. It works out. That's in, in, in uh, you know, that rationalization you do when you're eating fast food. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, so, hey, before we go any further, though, I want to start this week with a quote of the week again. Okay. Um, look at you cute little Virginia militias. Okay, you can have your little protest. Just line up for the metal detector and strip search, and we'll let you into the protest cage be sure to get your I protested sticker on the way out. Adrian Wiley on Twitter. <laughs> you know. Like, you know, now at this point, I'm just going to quote you every week. First of all, fuck that guy. <laughs> I love it. And uh, second of all, uh, this asshole was clearly, clearly trying to incite a riot. You know. Oh, absolutely. Because this was uh, actually posted, uh, I believe, on the early morning of January 6th. No, 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 no. It wasn't? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. All right. This is Charlottesville. Oh, this was Charlottesville. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, of course, trying to incite a riot. Uh, because at the time, uh, you know, I was hoping for a, a much larger cr uh, clash between the uh, uh, the white supremacists, alt-right, you know, uh, neo-Nazis, whatever you want to call them, and the uh, ultra-left, anti-fa, you know, uh, communists. 
So I was uh, actually, yeah, I, I believe that at that time I was uh, doing my best to incite an all-out riot. Yeah. So, well, I mean, you did. Unfortunately, I failed. Well, yeah. I mean, somebody died. Well, and that was unfortunate, too, because the person that died was uh, really not involved in much anything. Not really. Right? No. Yeah. They were just kind of walking. Well, because some coward with a car decided to try to run right. people over. Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, fuck, fuck that Adrian Wiley guy. Yeah. Getting, I, I don't know why you keep quoting him. Look, I'm getting a quote every week from Adrian Wiley now. Yeah, like you, I'm not even I'm not even switching up now. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna find a new one from you every week. <laughs> it's uh, it's actually going to be rather uncomfortable for me. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I went because looking for this one. Depending thought, on how far back you go, it could be totally the polar opposite of my views today. It could be. Yeah, it could be. So, well, we'll uh, see. probably not. But you know, it it will be a, uh, a a much different version of Adrian Wiley than you hear here today. Well, yeah, but look, everybody grows, though. So, uh, I I uh, I like to think of it more of de-evolution, in my case. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Why would you say de-evolution? Well, because I keep you know growing and growing towards uh, complete and utter anarchy and chaos. But, so, see, it's, by, by it's, calling it's it, basically entropy. <laughs> hold on, by calling it de-evolution, though, you're kind of giving it a negative spin. When I would argue right. it's a positive. No, spin. it's entropy. It's it's you know that. Uh, uh, things must evolve into chaos, you know, and that's that's kind of where I'm at now. All right, all so, right we'll go with it. We'll but with I, you know, I'm I'm still in a great mood this week, uh, even with my uh, doom and gloom mentality. So, well, for other reasons, you're in a great mood this week. Which yeah, we will not go into. No, we won't go into that. But. However, sometimes holding the line makes it work, though. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. Sometimes right. you got to make the donuts. Moving on. Moving no, on. Don't, don't want to get into that. All right. So I did want to get into one Uber, uh, one Uber story. Mm-hmm. So on Wednesday night, right? Um, so okay, with again, I'm sure most people aren't going to give a crap about this, but right now with the Lyft app, I am not seeing end locations. I am seeing where I pick them up at. I am not seeing where I drop them off at until I already pick them up. Interesting. Yeah, I'm very not happy about this. But at the same time that I'm not happy about, I'm this, sure a lot of drivers aren't because you don't know where you're going to end up. Yeah. So I I got to the air. I got an airport run. And it said long trip, 30 minutes plus. Okay. So I know that part. I have no idea where they're going. Right. So I picked the guy up, hit scan, Fort fucking Myers. Oh, come on. No, sir, seriously. Yeah. Fort fucking Myers. Well, that's, you know, that's two, two and away. a half hours Yeah, two and a half each hours way. away. Yeah, yeah, that's a five I, hour round trip. Yeah, I know. Depending on where in Fort Myers. And so I. Not to mention a lot of Fort Myers right now is pretty difficult to get to. Well, here's the thing. Hold on. Let me get to that part of the story. So I, I hit accept. Now the only reason when I when when I when he got in the car and I'm like, fuck man, I gotta go to Fort Myers. How much does a, a ride like that cost? Like, gotta not be hundreds. nearly enough. No, not nearly enough. Really? And, oh no. I was I, again. I only got I got paid a little bit over a hundred on this one. Oh. Which I, here's the thing. I didn't see the cost. I didn't see the I didn't see the, the price either. Like I'm really not happy with Lyft right now. But right. That, again, different story for a different day. But so I get the ride to Fort Myers, and so I get to again. Me and you are under the same um, idea. You you don't go tourist the damage areas. Right. You know what I'm saying? You don't just drive around. Right. But now I have a reason to go down there. Right. So I'm like, part of me is not upset about this because I actually, <laughs> for literally show content reasons alone, I'll drive fucking five hour round trip. Right. For two minute segment on this show, <laughs> which is what I ended up doing. Here's what happened. I go down to Fort Myers, and then you know what? There's the, the there's the exit that you take that's in the middle of nowhere, but it's like the one that you take in North Fort Myers or to get to North Fort Myers. Yeah, 
I take that turn. And as soon as I take that turn, here's what I'm noticing. Trees look all fucked up for one. Right. And the, the roads are perfectly clear. Right. But debris is built up on the sides, sides of the roads yeah. like you've never seen. Yeah. Like, it's amazing how much buildup there is on the sides of the oh, roads. Oh, yeah, Cat 4 or 5 went through, so <laughs> it'll do that. Yeah, yeah. So I go down there, and then I start getting near, to, you know, closer to Fort Myers. What I'm noticing, though, is there are people in their homes, especially when I get to downtown Fort Myers. Right. There are people in their homes, which this sign right here, because it's at night. This sign right here is saying that those houses didn't flood. Well, not necessarily. You couldn't be living in those houses. Well, I, I don't think it, I don't think downtown Fort Myers flooded. I, I think just uh, mainly the the real coastal areas. Yeah, but downtown Fort Myers is kind of a coastal it's area. It's not though. that far. Yeah, like, but it's it's, it's not like Fort Myers Beach. Yeah, you know, or the Barrier Islands. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll, yeah. I'll give you that. But it's still in the it's it's all right on the coast on the inlet though. Right. So I drive. I'm driving through there and. The, the the one thing I'm noticing is, like, the debris on the sides of the roads is 90% vegetation debris. Right. And not, like... Construction debris. Yeah, not, yeah. like, that stuff. Right. So, that was a good sign, by the way. How many it, blue tarps? Okay, so it was dark out. Yeah. I didn't see. Okay. Like, you, I couldn't tell. Yeah. It didn't look like many, though, but I couldn't tell. But, again, dark out, total different perspective as to what you're looking at. Right. Um. So, I go all the way out there. I dropped the guy off. He, he tipped. Well, he tipped twenty, so I, I give him that. But it, it was definitely under tipped. Yeah. But at any rate, so I drop him off, and I, I I'm you know kind of heading back, and I'm trying to get a ride on the way back. I'm not getting one, but I'm looking around, and it just looked like all they did was clear the roads. Yeah. They did a great job of clearing the roads. I give them that. But man, do you know how much fucking work? Like I think that you got dudes just with you know that have the construction. Um, um, like the dumpsters, right? Are just coming down there in mass. Oh, like I'm they sure. just need yeah. to, because yeah. again, there is so much shit out there. It's gonna, it's gonna take probably two to three years before it's fully back to normal. You know. Oh, I think maybe gonna, longer. I think it's yeah. here's the thing. I think. When I mean, it, it took about. Uh, I think honestly, it's gonna take two or three years to clear clear out the debris. You, you in, in Fort Myer, I, it's going to take longer than that on Sanibel, Captiva, you know, that sort of thing. Well, I think Sanibel's going to be quicker only because there's more money out there. Yeah, but I, the infrastructure is so much, you know, it, it's uh, it, it, there's there's not as much resiliency out there because it's an island. There's one main road, you know. Yeah. So it's it, it's going to be, I think, harder. And the other thing they're going to do right they now gotta is rebuild the bridge. First. Here's the other thing: in all the really low lying areas and stuff like that, they're going to clear out all the poor people. All the poor people are n yeah. none of those people are coming back. It's going to be nothing but rich people that are living there from yeah, now. Yeah, that's unfortunately what happens is uh, you know that's uh, all those trailer parks and stuff like that. Yeah, they're where, done. Yeah, they're not coming back. I know because now, don't get me wrong. I think the people that own those trailer parks though are actually about to get paid though. Not not the individual owners. Well, not nearly if, as much. If you owned the land that went with the trailer, then you are going to get paid. But if you didn't own the land, then you're not going to get right. paid. Right. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. the owners of the, the land, trailer though, park owners are going to make a shit ton of money. Oh, probably. I think they're going to get bought yeah. out. I think oh, it's, of course. Yeah. They're going to get bought out on this yeah. one. Unless they really want to maintain that community and, you know, but... I don't know if they'll let them re put, you know, that by code, they probably won't let them put trailers back. Oh, no, there. I don't think you're going to be able to do that. Though. Yeah, I think. And that, here's the thing. They shouldn't. Yeah. 
Probably not. I, it just, well, then again, you know, it's a, a trailer. Unless you're going to stick it up on freaking stilts. Well, here's the thing. A trailer is real easy to replace, too. Well, that's so, true, too. That's it's true. like, all right, uh, let's put another $50,000 trailer on there. No big deal. Yeah. You know? So, I, again, it... It, but it's a shame because that was uh, actually part of my retirement plan was to buy some acreage in North Florida and to buy a uh, a trailer on the beach in Southwest Florida. Mm. So you know, kind of have my hold on, hold on, wait a second. Is your idea of us being a snowbird that in the winter yes. you're going to live in North Florida and in, oh no, in the summers you're going to live in North Florida and the winters you're going to live in South? Florida? I'd actually, I'd actually probably do it the other way. I would do, I would winter up in North Florida and summer down on the beach. Yeah, you know. that is spoken like a true cracker, my friend. <laughs> right, that is the most cracker <laughs> statement that I've ever fucking what do you want heard from me, in my man? life. Hold on, and it actually sounds like a really good idea. Right. Let me just say for the record, I do not want to shit on your idea. Right. Because now I'm thinking like that's a great. Okay, I will do that. But the problem is, is now so many of those trailers, which you know recently you could go in and buy a trailer literally on the beach like steps from the beach and usually on the barrier islands on the inner with the intercoastal on the other side that had a dock so you could put your little fishing boat there you could walk to the beach across the street to yeah. the beach and you could get those places for like 150 200,000 dollars you know a little yeah thousand but you know what here's the trailer thing. I, okay hold on if you're gonna again if you're gonna do something like this i think that you're I think that you're going way too north for your southern part because what you should do then is just go, don't fuck around, go to the Keys. Uh, the Keys are a lot more expensive, though. Yeah, but here's the thing. On those barrier islands, once you get up a little bit, yeah. I bet you can get one a little bit. I wouldn't look, mind doing that. I bet yeah. you can get a little hole. Look, all you need is a plot of land a at little, that point. A little place on Deer Key yeah. or Grassy Key. Or, and you probably yeah. won't pay as much money, and you'll be fucking right, right in the, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, absolutely. Well, that's that's pretty much my idea. I mean, I want to when I retire, I want to have a... a a beach place but i can only afford about a trailer on a beach <laughs> yeah and you know maybe 20 30 acres of land up in the panhandle and you know uh put a little place on that and you know i just uh that that's my ideal and maybe grow your own weed yeah that could be good too yeah yeah so so okay now the first thing i wanted to get to was what i'm dubbing now the weed war and no, the the final let me put the final here the final weed war in florida Oh, you think this is the final? Hmm. As long as we win. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'll explain. So there's three articles that I put in here. But the first one is an NPR article. Young ad- and, and I want to read the article. I want to read the title first because this is totally one of these. Like, this is one of the most misleading fucking titles that you've ever seen. Young adults are using marijuana and hallucinogens at the highest rate on record. Bullshit. Hold on a second. (laughs) Listen, as someone who grew up in the 70s and 80s, I can tell you for a fact that ain't true. And someone who knows a lot of young people today. Okay, hold on, hold on. Now, when you first listen to that title, though, what ages are you thinking? Uh, For young adults, I would would say probably 18 to 30 is kind of where you would put the young adult. Fuck. All right. No, that's exactly right, actually. Okay. So 19 to 30. Okay. Look, when I perused the title, my first thought on perusing the title was kids are not you like I was like kids aren't using fucking more weed now. Well, kids would not be young adults. I got you. So if you're talking under 18. So here's so here's what they wrote. And I want to read some of the stuff in here because this is the most telling stuff. The amount of people from the age of 19 to 30 who reported using one or the other are at the highest rates since 1988 when the National Institute of Health first began the survey. Now. They put weed and hallucinogens 
together in this. Right. Now, do you think more people are using weed or hallucinogens? Well, clearly weed. So why include the hallucinogens then? Because they're good. No. Hallucinogens are good. Well, they might be, but they're doing it to try to scare people. Oh, yeah, maybe. And this is NPR trying to scare people, by the way. Bunch of goddamn... Uh, reefer madness motherfuckers let's get into this young adults are at a critical life stage and and honing their ability to make informed choices said dr Uh, noah volkoff the director of national institute on drug abuse and uh, nih subsidiary understanding how substance use can impact the formidable choices in young adulthood is critical to help position the new generation for success the latest data was collected from april 2021 to october 2021 now here's the thing how many states right now, if you're between the age of 19 and 30, are you legally allowed to use weed? Um, I'm going to say 20. Without without a, a medical card, I think it's like 16 or something. Let's just go, let's go with okay. let, 15, 16, right? Yeah. There are 15 or 16 states right now that have now made weed legal, right? Right, right. So, if you look at the title of this thing, it says, young adults are using a legal product at the highest rate on record. Now, hallucinogens aren't legal, but now you mixed them both. So, it's young adults are using a legal product at the highest rates ever. Uh, haven't hallucinogen, hallucinogens, some of them at least, been decriminalized in like Washington very, or Very, very few places though. Okay. So now let me get into this. The amount of young adults who in 2021 said they used marijuana in the past year. The amount of young adults who said they in 2021 that they used marijuana in the past year, 43%. Right. Okay. Now, once a year smokers, you know, if you're edible or something like that, you're at a party. Right. Those are those people. They're not regular users. They're just, you know, look, if if 43% of the young adults used weed in the last year, I'm going to tell you those are fucking rookie numbers and they need to get their fucking partying going on. If you ain't using <laughs> fucking weed, if hold on, if you were between tw- 19 and 30 and you only use weed once in the past year, fuck you. <laughs> okay. Look, look. Uh, first of all, we don't need to peer pressure our listeners, okay? <laughs> First, all right, all right know, fair we, enough. We don't need to act like you know all the cool kids are doing it. Well, all the cool kids are doing it though. <laughs> I, look, it'd be a lot cooler if you did. That's for damn sure. If you did. <laughs> <laughs> now, in the past month, twenty nine percent. Okay, now at least a third of these people at least got something going on enough Hang on. to where they're getting some weed going. You know the stat I want to hear. It's yeah. people over 50 <laughs> well, using no, no. weeds well, we, because those numbers are way, way higher. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, they are. They didn't say that in this article either. No. Now, daily, my my man, my man, 11%. I smoke two joints in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> my man, 11%. They were at the highest levels ever recorded. Daily used to find in the study is 20 or more times in 30 days, up from 8% in 2016. So we're going from 8 to 11. Now, here's the thing. Whoa, wait, more than 20 times in a month? Yeah. I am not quite considered a daily user, though, then, but I'm approaching that figure. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I am almost, well, it's still not daily, but you know. I got gotcha. you. I'm I'm definitely, a, I would say, bi-weekly user. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
So the amount of young adults who said they used a marijuana vape in the past month reached pre-pandemic levels after dropping off in 2020. It doubled from 6% in 2017 to 12% in 2021. Now, they included both things. Remember, they included hallucinogens yeah. and weed. Which I, don't know I, think, why, I don't know why they're grouping the two together. Because they wanted to get the numbers higher and still use the word hallucinogen. I guess, yeah. Like, in, you're, in, you're probably right, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing at this point. The because they're, they're really two completely different categories of substances. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. You're you know absolutely right. Saying? Now, here's the thing, though. Let's give you three. It's, it's, me, it's really like saying alcohol and crack cocaine. Yeah, let me give you three different drugs right now, and you tell me which one's the worst, second worst, and third worst. Okay. Alcohol, right. weed, mm -hmm. and hallucinogens. Put them in order. Well, for my favorite? <laughs> no, no, no. We'll start with least dangerous to most dangerous. Oh, uh, most dangerous, clearly alcohol. Clearly alcohol. Yeah. And then between weed and hallucinogens, I'd argue weed's safer than hallucinogens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you can't go wrong with weed, but you can go wrong with hallucinogens, though. Yeah, I mean, you can. Here's the thing. You can put yourself in a position with hallucinogens where you cannot function. Um, and you can put yourself in a, a situation with hallucinogens where you make bad decisions. But I would say that, you know, as far as not being able to function and making bad decisions, alcohol is probably the, the top one. Yeah, and it's not list. even really close. Yeah. So now, hallucinogen use. The percentage of young people who said they used hallucinogen in the past year had been fairly consistent for the past few decades until 2020 when rates use began spiking. In 2021, 8% of young adults say they have used a hallucinogen in the past year, the highest proportion since the survey began in 1988. Um, reported hallucinogens include LSD, mescaline, peyote, shrooms, PCP, and MDMA, a.k.a. Molly or Exodus. Wow, people are still using PCP, yeah. Huh? Well, hold on. Oh, only use of MDMA declined and decreased from 5% in 2020 to 3% in 2021. So that one's on their, on their way down. Okay. Now, the next part here. Other substances. Alcohol was the most popular substance in the study. Of obviously. course. The rates of daily drinking have decreased in the past 10 years. But binge drinking, which the organization defines as having five or more drinks in a row in the past two weeks. Okay, these guys really got to work on their fucking stats, by the way. If binge drinking is five or more drinks in the past, in the two, past weeks, two weeks, then there's a whole Well, lot hang on. I would say five or more drinks at a, at a sitting could be considered binge drinking. So if you're having like five or more drinks in an evening that's getting depending on your weight and your your tolerance that's that's getting in the binge category you know what i'm saying uh, okay i mean 19 but, to 30 but five I, over the course of two on, weeks 19 to 30 i wouldn't I, look i would say this now at my age right now i would say yeah that would be binge drinking i would say at 19 to 19 to 30 like i remember my 19 when i was well, 19 to 30 five drinks was like the be five drinks was what we drank before we went out but they're saying yeah they're saying five drinks over the course of two weeks that's yeah. like that's that's barely social drinking yeah you know what i'm saying i mean that's like if yeah. you go out friday night and have two drinks you're pretty much at that number yeah yeah yeah. you yeah. know all right so um uh, but binge drinking which your organization dividing five more drinks in a row in the past two weeks is back on the rise after hitting a historic low in 2020 at the beginning of the covid19 pandemic High-intensity drinking, having 10 or more drinks in a row in the past two weeks, has been consistently rising in the past decade, and in 2021, it was at the highest level since 2005. Uh, 
Meanwhile, use of nicotine vapes are still on the rise with young people. Its prevalence almost tripled from 6% in 2017 when it was first measured to 16% in 2021. The use of nicotine cigarettes and opioids has been on the decline for the past several decades. Yeah. So... Yeah, like, a lot of people vape, uh, you know, uh, nicotine. Yeah, but the thing is this, and Now though, they have those nicotine pouches, which I know some young people that use. Yeah, but what these, but what this article is not putting in proper context is the innovation in the marketplace in all of these things right. and the move towards legalizing a lot of this stuff, the weed thing in particular. Right. Because hallucinogens, again, I'll, I'll grant you. Well, it's have coming. Not, it's it's coming. coming. No, 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 it's coming, but it ain't there yet, though. Well, they, they keep finding more of the therapeutic values and medicinal values, which, you know, ancient peoples have known for, you know, thousands of years. But Yeah, you know. because here's the thing. Peyote, they got that one from the Indians. Right. Because all the Indians and would mescaline. take it. And yeah. mescaline. And, and psilocybin, you know. Yeah. Like, so, like, this, a, a lot of this stuff is, like, here's the thing, NPR. If you want to talk about First Nations and you want to talk about stuff like that, I'm surprised. That's some culture I want to appropriate. Yeah, hold on. This is the thing, though. This is how NPR, when it comes to this people of color and culture appropriation stuff, is bullshit. And the reason I'm saying it is this. In this article, you could have very easily pointed to Native American traditions on the use of some of these items. And yet in this article, when it comes to something you want to demonize, you chose not to do it. Right. Like, this is how I know you're bullshit. You're nothing but fucking bullshit, NPR. That you're, because look, you guys bend over backwards to try to fucking make sure that you can mention black and brown and people of color and First Nations and all that other shit in every article you could possibly think of. And in the one where I would be like, why don't you mention it there? All of a sudden, you're fucking quiet about it, huh? So what what you're telling me... Ayana Archie, fuck you, bitch! ...is you would prefer if the media were, uh, you know, accusing the uh, indigenous peoples of exploiting and oppressing uh, white people with drugs. <laughs> no, I wish... That's that they, kind of the point you're making right well, there. No, 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 no. The point I make... Well, here's the thing. They should have wrote the article in a positive way, not a negative way. I mean, way. I'd, I'd like to go thank an engine right now. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, no, no. Here's the thing, those guys figured some shit out. <laughs> Hell yeah, they did. You know, better than us fucking crackers. <laughs> right? <laughs> so... That's the first article, though. Now, the second article, and this is where the most important weed war in Florida is about to begin. Right. Chicago-based Chicago? Chicago firm to sell pot at Circle K stations in Florida. The partnership will begin next year with 10 of the company's 600 locations in the state. Green Thumb Industry said purchases are restricted to Floridians who have medical marijuana cards. So... There's an art. This article came out in Bloomberg. Um, so, uh, Sir, okay, the global convenience store chain signed a deal with Green Thumb Industries, one of Florida's U.S. Can- one of the largest U.S. cannabis uh, producers, to sell licensed marijuana at its Florida gasoline retailers. The partnership will begin next year with ten of the company's six hundred locations in the state. Green Thumb said. The deal is a global first, given that the legal mar- that that legal marijuana has so far been sold only in standalone dispensaries in the U.S. And within pharmacies in countries such as Uruguay and Germany, by selling marijuana, which is still illegal at the federal level, at gas stations where consumers buy staples like snacks and cigarettes, the partnership may help push the drug further into the mainstream. 
Now, when you first listen to this article, your thought is you're going to be able to walk up to the counter and buy weed. No. There's going to be a separate room. Well, or, hold on. Yeah. No, no. But when I, when I first read it, I was like, no. what the fuck are they going to do? How, how are they going to do this, right? So now, so now we hear that you're going to be able to start being able to buy weed at gas stations. Right. If this takes hold, then the game is over. Well, it's game's how, over at that how, point. How so? The legalization game is over. Yeah, they win. It will be legal. There is no question. It, it, which again, I it's, understand it's going to be. Yeah, it's it's going to be. Gonna yeah, but this is like the. This is when like somebody sniper fucking snipers the general on the other side, and now they're not going to know what to do because like you're not, you can now it's not stopping. Well, it's not stopping anyway. I know that, but yeah. at the same time, though, this is the um, this is going to be a major step. I think really the big one is is if the um, you know uh, FDA uh, de schedules um, you know marijuana takes it off the the Schedule One substance uh, list. If they do that, then I think that's really when game is over. And I think pretty much all the states that have medical at this point will just go full legal at that point. Mm, you, you might know. be right. You might be right about that. Yeah. However, Florida, go ahead and go. Florida government, let's show your fucking fascist fucking roots here. Yeah, I know. Florida steps in to put kibosh on Circle K marijuana plans. Uh, Florida is pumping the brakes on plans to allow consumers to purchase marijuana at select gas stations. The state's health department told the Washington Examiner that Florida has not approved the deal between Circle K and Green Thumb Industries. The cannabis company announced on Wednesday that it will sell medical marijuana products via space rented out from Circle K stores in Florida, according to a press release. This project has not been approved by the state. The department said Florida has never approved a medical marijuana treatment center to operate out of a gas station. So, under the partnership uh, between Circle K and Green Thumb Industries, the cannabis company would sell its products in outlets branded as Rise Express, which would be set up from space leased out from 10 Circle K locations and would allow to operate adjacent to the gas station. The Rise Express outlets will also have independent entrances and will not have walkthrough access to the Circle K store. Oh, okay. They will be adjacent to, a Green Thumb Industries spokesperson told the Washington Examiner. So what's going on here is the state of Florida is going to try to put a kibosh on it, but the, I don't think they're going to be able to do this because the thing is this, if it's an independent entrance, if there's no access b- back and forth, you've already approved what you're, what they're going to do. Not necessarily because currently it has to be a freestanding standalone building. Mm. Are you sure about that? No. Now that I mentioned it, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure about that. <laughs> Most of them are, but maybe that's not a requirement. See, I don't think that's going to be a requirement. So I think what we're going to, what we're looking at here is I think that we're going to look at these 10 locations are going to be the test market to see what happens. Now, depending on where they put these 10 locations at is really going to depend on their success or failure. So they got to be very selective where they put the first 10. Right. But I would argue that one of them they need to put somewhere. Where, right around the corner from your house? No, no, no. <laughs> the villages. Oh, yeah. They need to put at least one, if not two locations yes. in the villages. Yes. You got to stick right. two there. Throw a couple in Miami just because you got to do it. Put a couple over and down in, in St. Pete. One South outside Saint Pete. Sun City Center. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One yeah. outside Sun City Center. 
You got to get these old people in the game here. They're oh, already yeah. in the game. Now you need to make it. Now you need to seal the deal here. Right. So yeah. get get it done. Get it done. But I will say this, though. If they do this, A, I will go get my card, and I will go to one of these locations to make sure I'm buying weed. Okay. Because they, they need to succeed. Right. This, in my opinion, in Florida, this is the war. I don't think it is, really. Look, here's the thing. It can't the, fail. It cannot fail. It's it's not going to, and that's the thing. It's just a matter of time. Everybody knows it. It's just, you know, how much can the uh, the old white men delay, you know? That's really what it boils down to. Yeah. So, and I ro- you got a lot of drug warriors up in tally. Yeah, you do. That's you for do. sure. And it's it's ironic because probably the uh, the primary uh, you know uh, marijuana user in the state of Florida is old white people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know. Yes. So, uh, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Here's the thing, though. I will say this though: when you go into the hood around Florida, all over the place, right? It smells like fucking weed all fucking day long. Oh, it smells like weed everywhere here in Florida now. Yeah, but I, look, I ain't going into the. I mean, rich, I, I, I ain't going to the rich neighborhoods and it's smelling like weed. Those are you motherfuckers kidding me? are vaping. <laughs> well, yeah, you you still smell it, but it smells a little different. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, so let's move into the next one. And, uh, and, and Adrian, I don't even just I, I still Adrian don't give a shit care. about any of this. But go ahead. I, I know you. You've got a hard on for this. You've been talking about it all week. You called me up to talk about it. It's like, dude, dude, who the fuck cares? But go ahead. All right. So let me get it. Bore our listeners for a little while. So there is a GOP Colorado Senate candidate, right? Who is running for office. His name's Joe O'Shea. And Joe O'Shea is running against an incumbent Democrat. Um, And here's the thing. He doesn't have a great chance of winning, but he does have a chance of winning. Again, I don't give a fuck who wins this one, but I'm using this to point out something. So before you attack me on this, I'm pointing out something. I said nothing. Yeah, but I saw your look. (laughs) So he was interviewed. And in being interviewed, he was asked about the 2024 race for president. And he said that they should be, and again, I'm not quoting him word for word, but basically said they should move past Trump. We got a bunch of other candidates that we can support. And he named off a couple of them, including DeSantis and a couple other people. But we need to, we need to move on past Trump is basically what he said. And so in response to this, the man with the, uh, the, the thinnest skin in all the political game says he should look at the economy, inflation, and energy independence, defeating ISIS, the strongest ever border, great trade deals, and much more before he speaks. And then he, then, then Trump wrote the comment that he obviously has no introspection because he doesn't understand. MAGA doesn't vote for stupid people with big mouths. That's pretty much a definition of MAGA. I mean, hold on a second here, dude. Are you going to tell me that you don't, I mean, again, I'm sure he doesn't think of himself as a stupid person with a big mouth, but I got to tell you, if we're doing a poll of people, including your supporters <laughs> of are is Trump a, a stupid person with a big mouth? I guarantee you that one's going to be over 50%. Those are his two most endearing qualities. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so MAGA absolutely votes for stupid people with big mouths. Your problem is unless somebody's in there sucking your dick. You fucking hate them. Now, here's the thing. This guy wasn't saying he wasn't going to vote for Trump in the 20, in 2024 if Trump won the primary. He was saying that he would rather see another person win the primary. Right. Now, again, I don't give a fuck either way, but I am pointing this one out because I want the people that listen to this show that do like Trump, I want you guys to understand something. 
I'm not arguing with you about anything else, but I want you to at least be able to understand and admit this guy is willing to let the Democrats win because he doesn't get his way. He lost that last election. Again, he lost the last election. He can't prove in a court of law that he won. You can argue that it was stolen if you want to, but at the end of the day, you need to move the fuck on from this. And realize, and again, look, maybe you should just realize that you shouldn't be, the government in itself is the problem. And I'll, I'll, I'll give Adrian his credit where it's due on this one. But I will say this. This guy's willing to tank the whole thing if he doesn't get his way. And he is the most thin-skinned politician that has ever existed. And I mean ever. Like, th- if you don't bow down to this motherfucker, he will fucking, like... And again, look, the Senate and the House, this is one of those races where you would be nice to get an upset win if you're a Republican. And to see to see Trump do this, it's like, God, you're such a piece of shit. All this guy said he was going to vote for somebody else in the primary, and you're so fucking thin-skinned. You haven't even decided to run yet, and you're that fucking thin-skinned. Trump is a fucking oh, he, piece of shit. He's, he's made the decision to run already. Well, he just hasn't made it official. He hasn't made it official, but he's already warned, uh, like, uh, Pence and all his former cabinet members, don't don't you run against me. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I don't know why you're so down on Trump, man. I, I hope he wins. I hope he runs. Hope he wins. Yeah. You know, uh, because that's, uh, you know, the, the best possible outcome for anyone that wants to see the government collapse. Yeah. Yeah. Now, hold on. Let me read. Let me also read what O'Shea said. By He goes, I don't think Donald Trump should run again. O'Shea said during the interview, later adding, I'm going to actively campaign against Donald Trump and make sure that we've got four or five really great Republicans right now. Now, I will say this. O'Shea's a fucking idiot, by the way, because what O'Shea should have actually said was, let's coalesce around somebody that's not Trump and get that guy winning. But again, not really kind of dealing with this. Uh, In a statement on Monday in response to Trump's remark, O'Shea described himself as a construction guy, not a politician. I'm like, he said, President Trump is entitled to his opinion, but I'm my own man and I'll call it like I see it. Another Biden-Trump election will tear this country apart. DeSantis, Scott, Pompeo, or Haley would be better choices, he said. Referring to, uh, to Governor DeSantis, uh, Tim Scott, uh, Mike Pompeo, and uh, Nikki Haley. These elections should be focused on Joe Biden's failures, supercharged inflation, a broken border, rampant crime, a war on American injury, not a rehash of 2020. America needs to move forward. So, again, it's one of these things where like I, I I bring it up only to trash Trump in the aspect of like realize this guy only really cares about it. He does not care about this country. He cares about himself. And that's it. There's no getting around that either. So everybody that thinks that, oh, Trump's, you know, pro-America. No, Trump's pro-Trump. Trump's not pro-America. If those two things come in line, then maybe, but he'll fucking sell he he'll sell this country down a fucking river. If he thinks it's going to benefit him. And that's just the way it is, man. You can get mad about it. You can be upset about it. But it's the truth. And he only proves it every fucking time he talks. So I don't know why you're so down on Trump. You know, hey, he's the best thing that could happen in this country. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we, we need, uh, you know, Biden, Trump, 2024. Yeah. Uh, you know, and well, uh, because you agree with the guy. Uh, oh no, absolutely not. But I think no, he's, no, he's I, gonna he's gonna tear the country apart, and that's what you're saying. Oh yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't agree with any of his policies. I don't think he actually has policies other than you know what he feels in the moment and thinks is best for him and yeah. makes him look good. But yeah, it's a, he definitely the best thing for the the future of uh, 
of this country without yeah. question yeah. all right so let's get into the next article well hang on a second no oh, hold the, on. the next article you're talking about the uh, mar-a-lago classified papers yeah. okay good because yeah, yeah. you already you already bolded them out so i thought you were skipping oh no, no 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 i'm bad yeah so uh trump mar-a-lago classified papers held secrets about iran and china <laughs> yeah <laughs> china <laughs> yeah. yep and uh so it turns out that uh you know some of the documents that are um, were recovered, and some of the ones that are still missing, that are n- known to have been in his possession, uh, were very highly sensitive, uh, you know, uh, classified documents, highly classified, compartmentalized, top secret about Russia, China, Iran, um, and, uh, well, it, Iran and China specifically. Um, and uh, the the thing is, is that if Iran and China were to get their hands on this information, it would reveal how we gathered that intelligence. Yeah. Which would be a huge blow to America's intelligence gathering uh, capabilities and probably end up in the result, uh, resulting in the deaths of some of our, you know, human assets, um, you know, on the ground. Uh, because clearly we've got, you know, spies in Iran and China and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And this would probably expose them. Or if not, we've got uh, technological. Um, you know, uh, tools that have been deployed that they don't know about clearly so that we can spy on their data. And uh, this would, you know, do a lot of harm towards that. And here's the thing. The one thing you can say about this with Trump is those items and those papers were not secure at all. Not even remotely secure. (laughs) Okay. First of all, let's just just say for the record that he had it in a secure facility. Like his own secure okay. facility. First of all, he wasn't supposed to be in possession of them after he left the White House. Agreed. Agreed. Second I'll of all, start there. They were in a drawer in his office, which, uh, according to a whole different, a whole lot of people, anyone and videotape, could, anyone could come and go. Yes. And then once he was subpoenaed to give the the stuff back, he started moving it to a bunch of different locations. Yeah. After saying he didn't have it. Yeah. So the guy is going to jail. I don't think I still don't think he's going to jail. The guy is going to jail. jail. There's no look. There is absolutely no way. No way he gets out of this one. I don't think he's going to jail. So it's unfortunate that he won't be able to run in 2024 because he will be in prison. I don't for think, espionage. I, I really don't think at so. bare minimum for obstruction of justice, but most likely for espionage, potentially treason. I, st- I still don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I still don't think so. <laughs> who may be going to jail though? Who actually now? No, has he been, is going to jail. Is Bannon? Yeah. Is ba- well, no, no, he's not in jail yet though. Oh, he's going though. He's, he's been sentenced. He's been sentenced. Yeah. So Bannon gets four months behind bars for defying uh, one six subpoena. Uh, Steve Bannon, a longtime ally of former President Donald Trump, was sentenced on Friday to serve four months behind bars after defying a subpoena from the House committee investigating the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Let me just first off say. Now, Trump's been subpoenaed, too, by the committee. Yeah, but I think Trump's going to show that. Okay. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Because if not, this is a strong precedent for him to go in jail for that and me winning a silver dollar. But here's the thing, though. Like, the thing about this one is, again, don't get me wrong. I, I hate Steve Bannon. I do consider this Steve Bannon to be a fucking fascist, by the way. Steve Bannon is a bad person. He is not a person that I support in any aspect. As a matter of fact, I would actively oppose Steve Bannon because I do believe that he is a fucking fascist. He's definitely a nationalist and in the worst kind of way. Right. However, if this is the precedent you're set of defying subpoenas, 
There's a lot of other people that have defied subpoenas on both sides of the fucking aisle in Washington, D.C., that if you're going to start throwing motherfuckers in jail, then there's a whole lot of motherfuckers you're throwing in jail. Really? Yeah. So you actually believe in equal application of the law, but from the federal government? Yeah. Actually, (laughs) what what fucking funny enough? What fucking planet you've been living on, man? Obviously, you think obviously it's a fucking dream world. You think this is this like a fair and equitable justice system that we have in this country? Well, of course not. Oh my god, dude! But that's the part. The fuck are you thinking? That's the part. Like, like fuck Steve Bannon. But at the same time, that I say fuck Steve Bannon. I think this is setting, like, here's the thing. You better start throwing all those other motherfuckers in jail if you're throwing this guy in jail. Right. Which they're not going to do, but at the same time, you know, again, fuck Steve Bannon, though. I Look, it, it pains me because I hate this motherfucker, though. Like, I despise Steve Bannon. He's a fucking grifter. He's a bad, per- he's, he's a bad person. And you know what? Honestly, I don't think Steve Bannon, I think Steve Bannon wanted this to happen because he wants to be viewed as a sympathetic figure amongst people on the right. So he did all this shit on purpose in order to fucking go to jail. I doubt that very seriously oh, i don't I, I don't at all no, nobody ever really wants to go to prison well hold on a second here then show up to the fucking thing then well he probably was afraid that the consequences would be even worse if no, he did because all he no, no no all he had to do was go there plead the fifth and fucking walk the fuck out and nothing would have happened well it, you know he's still uh gonna be charged with uh fraud for that uh fund he set up to build yeah the but wall. that he but that has nothing to do with this thing. no that's a separate thing but he's gonna he's probably gonna do some prison time for that too he might yeah you know. but at any rate so i i we i wanted to talk about the bannon thing too because i just thought like again I, and, and again me and adrian don't agree on this i think bannon wanted this he wants to be viewed as that sympathetic figure that that he wants that victim he wants that victim card checked in order for him to, you know, yeah, yeah. I kind of doubt it. I kind of doubt it. I despise but, that yeah, motherfucker. Never know. He could be right. It, it, look, he it, anything that's banned is associated with. I want nothing to do with. Right. So I, I, he fucking sucks. I hate him all day long. All right, let's get into the next one and go into the Terminator DFC. By the way, this is Adrian posted this one. So fuck around, lay around. This really fucking sucks. By the way, um. Oakland cops hope to arm robots with lethal shotguns. Yeah, yeah, it's fuck. It has begun. So uh, uh, I'll read from the article. In a series of little noted Zoom meetings this fall, the city of Oakland, California, grappled with a question whose consequences could shape the future of American policing. Should cops be able to kill people with shotgun armed robots? Oh, let I me mean, let me answer the question right now. Right, no, right? That, that's a hard no for me. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but. This is this is where we're going. Uh, the, the back and forth between Oakland Police Department and a civilian oversight body concluded with the police department relinquishing their push for official language that would have allowed them to kill humans with robo- robots under certain circumstances. It was a concession to the civilian committee, which pushed to bar arming robots with firearms, but a concession only for the time being. The department said it will continue to pursue lethal options. When asked whether the Oakland Police Department will continue the, to advocate uh, for language that would allow killer robots under certain emergency circumstances, Lieutenant Omar Daza Juarez, 
who represented the department in the discussions over the authorized robot use policy, told The Intercept, yes, we are looking into that and doing more research at this time. You fucking piece of shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Well, this is uh, <laughs> this is coming, folks. There will be armed robots on American streets under control of police, under control of police initially until they decide to include the AI predictive policing systems in there, and then the robots will be authorized to just shoot you if they predict you might commit a crime. Yeah. I, it's it's coming. It's, it's just there's no way around it. There's nothing that can be done to stop it. The most that can be done is to delay it and hopefully delay it long enough for either, you know, the country to collapse into civil war, uh, a nuclear war, uh, or a, you know, the solar best flare. solar flare, best possible case scenario that wipes out all our technology and we have to go back to an agrarian, you know, uh, society. <laughs> but uh, I love uh, that the IT guy says that, by uh, the way. Uh, There's right? nothing that's more rich than that. Other, otherwise, this is our future, folks, and it will be artificially intelligent robots roaming the streets making split-second uh, split decisions whether or not to kill you. Yeah. You know, with impunity, you know, because an algorithm said so. Yeah, because here's the thing. If they make a mistake, who are they going to bust? Right. <laughs> who are you going to hold accountable? Well, look, look. qualified immunity stops you from being held accountable anyway. But really, who are you going to hold accountable for this shit? Well, and eventually the AI is going to evolve to the point where they don't give a shit. You yeah. Know, you're, humans are just a you know an impediment to be overcome. Like this you Lieutenant know. Omar guy, you you are a you are evil. Yeah. Oh, pure and like utter just, evil. Yeah. No getting around it. Yeah. Hold on. The controversy. You know what? He probably thinks he's the good guy in this scenario. Oh yeah. By totally. The way. Totally. He yeah. probably thinks he's the fucking good. So guy. does Sheriff Nako here in Pasco County with his police. Yeah. Minority policing. Report, motherfucker. Yeah. All right. The controversy began at the September 21st meeting of an Oakland Police Commission subcommittee, a civilian oversight council addressing uh, what rules should govern the use of the city's arsenal of military grade police equipment. According to California state law, the police must seek approval from a local governing body like a city council to determine permissible uses of military equipment or weapons like stun grenades and drones. Okay. First off, no. How about you don't get to use that shit at all because it's considered military, you fucking whistles. Much of the September meeting focused on the staples of modern American policing with the commissioners debating the permissible use of flashbang grenades, tear gas, and other non-standard equipment with representatives from the Oakland Police Department. Roughly two hours into the meeting, however, the conversation moved to the Oakland's police stable of robots and their accessories. One such accessory is a gun-shaped percussion-actuated non-electric disruptor, a favorite tool of bomb squads at home and at war. The pan disruptor affixes the ro uh, to a robot and directs an explosive force, typically a blank shotgun shell or pressurized water, at suspected bombs while human operators remain at safe distance. Picture a shotgun barrel secured to an 800-pound Roomba on tank treads. <laughs> <laughs> that's a visual for you huh <laughs> you know what man i gotta give it to the intercept sometime like sometimes they just add a little humor in there that yeah. you're not that you're not expecting yeah so now here's the thing when it comes to bombs and stuff like that they can use it now right well that's what this robot is it's essentially <laughs> a, a, they use the shotgun on robots to you know destroy suspicious packages 
You know, like yeah. if they think it's a bomb, they send the robot in there, they shoot it with some type of, you know, uh, just pressure, you know, situation to try to d- destroy it. Um, but now what they want to do is they want to be able to use these robot shotgun things uh, to shoot humans in certain circumstances. Yeah. Like, you know, you got a, a standoff situation. You send the robot in with a shotgun and just shoot the guy. You know, that sort of thing. So. Okay. Let me ask you. Let me ask, let me play. De- again, I <laughs> look, I totally don't agree with this one. Okay. But I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second. Why is it bad that we don't put an officer in danger in a standoff situation and they just allow a robot to go in there and shoot him? Um, because the police are unethical and, and should not exist in the first place. Right, <laughs> you know what I'm Do saying? Do you have another reason for it? Uh, yeah, because basically, no, that's that's the bottom line reason. It. it the the fact that law enforcement exists in the world that we live in today and how it exists today is a complete moral hazard. So the vast majority of what they do, they have actually created the moral hazard uh, to begin with. You know, how many standoff situations are just standoffs because the people are suicidal and they want to get you know killed by cops? You know, yeah. Think of it that way. So essentially, you're making it easier for those people to uh, basically, uh, you know, fulfill their wishes. Okay. You know, here's the thing. Hold on. I agree. I I totally agree with you. What? Here's the thing. The other part I would add to what you're saying is, I would say this: if you give the police this kind of tool, then they'll always use this kind of tool. Of course. And they will expand the use of this kind of tool way past the one scenario that you could look at and say, "Well, we don't really want to put their lives in danger." Here's the thing. There's armor. There's like you have things that you can use to protect the individual officers. And you can also use, I don't know, talking to people when it comes to standoffs to deescalate the situation, to get everything to end peacefully where no one fucking dies. Right. Most of the time you can just wait, you know, yeah. and that's what happens Yeah, is that you can just wait. This will stop them from waiting. Right. Because now there's nobody they're going to send in, so they're just going to look. They're just going to send the robots in every time, and then they're going to make up reasons while they're fucking sending the robots in. You know, like, this is such a bad idea; it's not even funny. Then again, you know, there, there are certain scenarios where I could think of that the outcome might have been different um, if the police did have robotic weapon systems like this. Like, you know, some of the things that come to mind are like maybe Waco, Ruby Ridge, you know. Maybe it would have been different if uh, if they had, uh, you know, better weapon systems, you know, better tools to go in there and, and kill people more. Efficiently. They all would have been dead sooner. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and so we could eliminate it. The whole of, Weaver family would have been dead, except for just the mother getting shot with a sniper. Exactly. Rifle. Exactly. So the, they wouldn't have had to live through that trauma. Uh, not to mention, <laughs> um, you know, they the, the kids at, at Waco, instead of having to, to burn to death, uh, could have been killed, you know, much more humanely. So. Perhaps, yeah, perhaps there are reasons that police should use these these automated weapon systems, you know, because if if we're going to kill citizens, we should do it in a, a the most humane way possible. Yeah. You know, so maybe gas chambers would be a better way to go for police. You know? 
little uh what is it uh xylon gas or, or whatever it is i don't know yeah. whatever the nazis use yeah you mean? yeah so jesus fucking Christ, I, I know i just yeah just god when will government end <laughs> you know like seriously I, though like if you look at that though like seriously what the fuck though yeah like yeah. how in the fuck is that a, and and again i said this i said this a second ago and i'm going to say it again this fucking guy thinks he's the good guy in this scenario. Right. That's the sad part. Yeah. Is that this guy thinks he's the good guy and and just doing, you know, just doing what's right for the public and shit like that. No. Right. He's not. He's a bad guy in this situation. And again, folks, but, it's it's not like we live in some fantasy world where we don't believe there are, there are actually bad people out there and there are criminals out there and there are people that intend to do other people harm out there. We realize that's the case. However, we well, I won't speak for Alex, but me personally, I feel that I am more than capable in my daily life to deal with those that very, very, very small percentage of people that are b- truly bad, evil people out there. However, what I have no capacity to deal with whatsoever and could not even survive an encounter with is a law enforcement agency full of bad people. And right now we have law enforcement agencies that have unlimited power and are full of bad people. So my philosophy when I say get rid of the police is I honestly believe in the world we live in, we are safer dealing directly with criminals ourselves than we are having a force of people who a percentage of them are evil people and have the tools and the power to kill us indiscriminately with no consequences or very mild consequences. And that's really where the problem lies. You know, I am far more afraid of cops than I am of criminals in my daily life. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, it just, I, I, I don't have any fear of getting mugged, but I tell you what, every time I see a cop in my rear view, I think that there's a potential that my life is in danger. Yeah. You know, listen, police legally allowed to lie to you again, pre- Supreme court precedent. Like there's total rule. They're also uh, um, with qualified immunity, you can't fucking sue them when they fuck up. Right. Right. And like it, it they can make up whatever they want to make up. And there's so many laws on the books that you, you will violate the law five times a day. Listen to that one video from that one girl. Right. We'll find a reason to bust you. Yeah. Like again, this is what they're doing right now. And chances are, even if a cop does something totally egregious, that his fellow cops are going to circle around him and have his back. Exactly. Yeah. They have an us versus them mentality now, right. and they are carrying military-grade equipment, and it ain't enough for them. <laughs> robots with shotguns. Yeah, hold right. on. And it ain't enough for them. No. They want the they robots want with the shotguns on you. Yeah, they want more. And uh, if if we don't stop it now, it's just going to keep getting worse oh, and oh, worse and worse. And one more thing. They have no duty to protect you. <laughs> no. Also Supreme Court ruling. Yep, yep. Absolutely. So like, again, if, back the blue at your own fucking peril. For those of you that think um, that, you know, we're just down on cops for no good reason. No, we have our reasons and they're fairly legitimate and they're becoming more and more so evident all the time. All right, guys, that's our number one. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to hear more to go to patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage, sign up, become a subscriber. You get a whole bunch of swag and we will see you on the other side. <laughs>